a bombardment of the most unsubtle, one-dimensional noise. This quote comes from former Depeche Mode member Alan Wilder, who in 2008 was lamenting his perceived decline in the quality of modern music. The song he derided was the debut single for the English rock band Arctic Monkeys, which premiered in 2005, months before their debut album, Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not, in 2006. The Arctic Monkeys may share some of Wilder's misgivings about the song. In 2018, the band was asked to rate some of their songs using a five-star system, as a reference to their then-new single, Four Out of Five. Frontman and songwriter Alex Turner gave their debut single a four out of five due to the snare drum being, quote, too cranked. Let's try that again. Wilder's vitriol and Turner's tempered opinion of this piece of music could not deter the rest of the world from falling madly in love with this single and the album it promoted. The song debuted at number one on the UK singles chart and hit number seven on NME's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. The album briefly held the record of fastest-selling debut album in UK history, though it was beat out a year later by X Factor winner Leona Lewis's debut album. Still, Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not went on to win the Best British Album Award at the 2007 Brit Awards and earned a spot on both NME and Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. The single and the Arctic Monkeys were not just a passing craze of the mid-2000s. The band's lasting popularity earned them the rare privilege of performing at the opening ceremony of the 2012 Summer Olympic Games in London, where they played the song that started it all for them. That's right, we're talking I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor by the Arctic Monkeys. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one's shoulders are frozen. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my explosive co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Keep making sense. Alex Mildenberger. How you, you were, what are you doing with that mic, my man? I'm adjusting it. Okay, fair. That's... Mechanically, yeah. There's a lot of things yeah, banging around. They call that audio gold. Yep. The sound of mics getting moved around. It's, People it's, love it's it. They love to hear music it. Music concrete. Mm-hmm. This is what we call that. A little concrete music if you're an American. Or just English, I guess. Um, Alex, I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to mince words. We don't just have a Mildenberger on this episode, but oh, Jay Mildenberger as well. That's right. Jeremy Mildenberger. In the studio with us. Jeremy, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming back. Uh, it's been over a year, I think. You were on for Mr. Roboto way back when. Yeah, it's been about, give or take, half a pandemic. So far, anyway. <laughs> so far, right? <laughs> That's a sad way to look at it. That is, I mean, it'll only get sadder depending on how long this pandemic goes on. Yep, yep, true. Yeah, now, Jeremy, last time you were on the show... Uh, this was a this was something we found out after the fact is you had accidentally not listened to all of the the songs <laughs> on the playlist before recording. Yes, that's correct. Uh, yeah, I got all the Spotify uh, songs and was loving them, but did miss out on uh, a second playlist also sent me in the same message. The only reason I bring it up is because it was seamless, and it, you didn't miss a beat in, in that recording, and I actually made like great contributions on some of those YouTube tracks, so I was 
Like Alex told me, I think a week afterwards, I was just blown away. I was like, "Fuck, he's he's better at our job than we are." <laughs> well, thank goodness for technology, where I was able to let you guys do some talking as I listened to some of them and watched the the videos. It was uh, a little bit of on the spot improv. Yeah, speaking of on the spot improv, I forgot to write. I mean, I wrote the, the the long introduction, but I forgot to write my my dumb references to the song. So all of that at the beginning was just off the dome there. You wouldn't know Improv. it. You wouldn't know it. Gotta love it. Um, psh. We're talking about the Arctic Monkeys, which I, I'm going to shot in the dark. Alex, I don't think you have much of a history with these guys. Not a ton. Not a ton. Uh, Me neither, despite this song being through wildly popular. Yeah. Yeah, wildly uh, popular, but like mostly in the UK. Like They're very popular in the UK. They're incredibly well-selling there, but they didn't really break out here until later. I guess, but I mean, here we are in the later, Alex. It is later now. Yeah. <laughs> you make like, a solid like argument. This is the first time, time I've heard this track. So really, Jeremy, you got to tell us everything you know about the Arctic Monkeys and why you love them so goddamn much. Well, uh, a buddy of mine back in high school, uh, he had a lot more knowledge of you know the UK scene. I think just from how he was raised, his, his dad really liked it and that kind of thing. So... Uh, really got me into some some bands that I had never really spent much time listening to. Even stuff like like Oasis, he really enjoyed. Uh, that kind of scene was really introduced to me through him. Uh, so yeah, it was really interesting to then come back to it here um, and and get a chance to yeah explored a little bit with the arctic monkeys like he i think it was around the time that uh, am their album am was uh, released so mm. i got to you know go back listen to here their debut album uh and then get to see at the time their newest releases so and that was kind of their their breakout over over here yeah that really brought them the the kind of fame uh, overseas that they hadn't seen up to that point yet i mean hey up to then, I hadn't really heard of them. But, mm. yeah, was, this album, amazing. And from there, it only blossomed. Hell yeah. Yeah, what is, would you say, the big difference between, like, where they are now and where they started? Because just to give a brief summary of my feelings on this one, it's very in that sort of garage rock vein and a little lo-fi. It's meant to be rough and tumble. Where are they now, musically? Well, I, and you're absolutely right. Like, that's more of where they started. And you look at AM, that is a little bit, cleaner it's got a definitely different feeling to a lot of it yeah it's i i would say that at least for up to am um yeah they they cleaned up their act they brought in a little bit more of that real rock rock and roll as opposed to just kind of that garage rock that feeling Okay. A little more sophisticated, maybe. That's a great or, yeah. or polished. Polished. That's exactly the word I was reaching for. No, I appreciate yeah. that. Um, the other thing, I was listening to them a bit in the last couple of weeks because we had this planned. Um, I did notice, like going through their albums, I think it's like their third or fourth album. Everything like slows down significantly. Mm. Um, mm. So like this is pretty typical of their early stuff. Like this is quite a fast, hectic song, and then at a certain point they kind of get some like heavier distortion in and just really slow everything down quite a bit 
Yeah, no, that's a, and I know with this album, and again, this song is a great example of it. Uh, you really get the kind of driving drums and kind of the bass underneath. The, the drums are really the, the the focus that always brought me. I know listening to it with that friend as we were driving around the, the city uh, back in the day, um, I always found myself focusing on the kind of percussion track underneath everything. And there's a lot of energy that is brought just from that percussion. That kind of honestly if you didn't have that it would feel like a completely different song like the the energy really just comes right from there yeah i'd say that's a fair assessment giving how like we'll talk about the instrument instrumentation more later but it is a fairly simplistic song so it really is that rhythm that upholds this and makes it a piece worth listening to rather than just another rock song now my next question and maybe my final question before we delve into lyrics is here is why are we talking about their debut single rather than something from their, their more refined sound. Why did you uh, sort of want to talk about this song? Uh, um, I, I, I actually picked this one. Mm. Um, Alex, why'd you do that then? Semi randomly, uh, because it had a lot of covers and, and I thought it sounded cool. Okay. And that it does. It's really, it does. it's, their first album, you know, well, we could have picked something a little bit later. Like we said, that was more popular over what is it? overseas. Do, do I want to know? Is that their big? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do I want to know? Yeah. Um, Are You Mine is another real big one from uh, AM. Uh, I actually had, I was, I was lucky enough to see them live here in Calgary uh, a number of years ago at the now defunct X-Fest. Oh, X-Fest. Uh, yeah, X-Fest. and wow. they... They brought the thunder. They were there, the kind of big headlining. Them and Jack White were the two-day headliners. And, yeah. yeah. That is exciting. Sounds like a good show. It was a good choice, Alex. Good choice, Alex. Good job. Let's talk about these lyrics. Let's, get, let's just get right into this. We got yeah. stuff to do. The first thing we got to do is verse one, which starts, Stop making the eyes at me. I'll stop making the eyes at you. What it is that surprises me is that I don't really want you to. I, I like the genius annotation here because it's, it talks about how making eyes is British slang, and it's like, is it? I feel like that's like I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I'm not British. Yeah, I think I that's know. just it's making slang. eyes at someone. It's yeah, a, I'm, I might even have just upgraded to just language. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, not even really slang. That's just something uh, people say. Although it is kind yeah. of weird, making eyes. Um, cra- I don't know. Um, yeah. So our setting in this song is like a club of some kind, right? Like a place where people dance in public with people they don't know necessarily. Now, now it's interesting you suggest that, Alex. There is actually a quote oh? by Alex Turner here. Another Alex. Um, fuck, where is this? I get the impression, this is what he says, I get the impression a lot of people imagine an evening scene when they hear this song, but it conjures up daytime images for me. Lustful is perhaps a good word to describe it. It's far from our finest work, but I'm not going to bang on about that. So he actually imagines this in the daytime. Like outside? I And here's my thing, Alex. I guess guess maybe there isn't a dance floor, because he talks about dance floor, but he says, I bet you look good on the dance floor, meaning... There's not necessarily a dance floor to yeah, test that. Yeah, they don't have to bet on it, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's just like he sees someone and he thinks they're into him as well. And he's yeah, like, I'm attracted to that anywhere. person. Getting coffee. Yeah, getting coffee. You could just be passing them on the street. Could be in your fucking office. It's. 
it is really and i know i i also imagined a dance floor so to hear him suggest the daytime honestly made the song feel grosser to me yeah a little because there's definitely a feeling because it's just from you know the one guy's perspective right so like he's just like imagining like oh i bet she wants me or like you know <laughs> yeah he's just like, just like staring like, at someone terminally horny is what this yeah. song is about yeah this is basically you're beautiful without an explicit drug reference yeah Hundred percent. So yeah, he's he is. We're, I mean, if we trust our narrator, th- he's making some flirtatious eyes that are being reciprocated. Yeah. And he wants them to stop, but he also doesn't. Ooh. Yeah, it's almost like he's being a little aggressive about it. Just like, oh, what you looking at me for? But then, like, oh, maybe I want you to be like, like, yeah, kind of silly. And I guess that makes more sense in a daytime scenario where you got to keep horniness on the down low. Or you certainly should. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in, in most situations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah to, to quote Summer in the City, at night it's a different world. So I think that's why most people's minds picture a night setting because you're like, okay, yeah. they're being horny out at a club or whatever. It makes sense. Yeah. Which takes us to the pre chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and your shoulders are frozen, brackets, cold, cold as the night. night. Oh, but you're an explosion, brackets, you're dynamite. dynamite. <laughs> Your name isn't Rio, but I don't care for sand, and lighting the fuse might result in a bang. B-b-bango. Bango. Bango. Uh, I do, I didn't get the, re, the, the Duran like Duran reference. It's like an off-brand bazinga. Yeah. <laughs> bango bango I did, I did not Sorry. get the Duran Duran reference. Really? Listening to it, only because I thought he said your name isn't real. So that's, uh. I was thinking like clubs, I was like, oh, we're gonna have fake names because of narrative reasons i guess uh, yeah you're thinking of like two ships passing moment. the night bone <laughs> yeah, town like. kind of thing and then you <laughs> i get it and that's name. also what i thought it was at first but then sand like, i didn't even hear that probably you know just sand yeah just yeah. bring up sand but yes rio that's dances a reference in the to sand. star wars duran a duran reference uh Anyway, yes, shoulders are frozen. I guess then they say cold as the night, so I am once again thinking of the night. That's the thing, right? Like, that's me as well. It had that kind of feeling. They literally say that they're frozen cold as the night. Yeah. But for the daytime, that's, Turner? Yeah. Turner? Turner. Yeah, I, I, Turner is trying to fabricate a new story around this. It feels like a nighttime song. Uh, yeah, and then, and then the rest of the imagery is all about burning and exploding, like, you know, like love, I guess. Yeah, this this you know harkens to other songs like uh, what the Katy Perry one, "Hot and Cold." Oh, I thought you were gonna say. Oh, wait, was that a joke that you didn't say firework? Um, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I guess the explosion part. <laughs> 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 okay. Is it- <laughs> I didn't think about it. Yeah. So uh, I guess that, but I was thinking more because she's got that song where it's like you're one thing uh, and the opposite right. of that and thing. And then you're the other thing. And that's yes, this line. No. I'm also thinking of that. I don't know which band right. does it, but Frozen. It's the, the the old rock band. I'm so hot for her. She's so cold. Oh, that's that uh, the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, yeah. I should know that. <laughs> I don't though. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty basic line. It's like, yeah. hmm. And There's I mean, two opposites. I, yeah. Like the genius annotation for the bangs, like. We we know what you're saying, Alex. What you mean by bang, and that's what I got also out of that. I, this is I do agree with this genius annotation. Yeah, yeah. Bang. Their, their sexual innuendo on this is middle school grade. Yeah, 
Yeah, they definitely have a bit of a scrappy uh, thing going on in their early yeah. stuff. But that's the easy lines. Let's talk about your name isn't real. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> um, I wish I knew the Duran Duran song better. All I know is that her name is Rio and she dances in the sand. Yeah. That's all you really need to know. No, there's, I think, I don't know the song Rio that well, but I looked at the lyrics. And she, Rio just seems like a nice, pleasant woman. Mm-hmm. And so I, my only guess is that Alex Turner and, and the boys are looking for something a little rougher, a little seedier. Uh, not like the nice that Rio would bring. Yeah, Rio has a cherry ice cream smile. And that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a fuse. Uh, also, apparently, nice. Rio is America, according to Duran Duran. Oh. Is that also a line in the song? No, but that's... Uh, so, on okay. the VH1 show, True Spin, Duran Duran explains that Rio is a metaphor for America. And and so, the song is about the band's desire to succeed there. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, so maybe... And this is, this is me stretching to the absolute limit here, but they do talk about, later in the chorus, about looking for romance. This might be... His idea of being like, I don't need romance. I don't need something big or large the same way like success in Rio brackets. America is like big and grandiose. He's just looking to, I mean, I think literally just bump and grind on the dance floor and maybe fuck later. I mean, it is true that, as I understand, they didn't have a ton of interest in like breaking out in America in their early days. Pre-AM kind of thing. Right. What is very interesting for me to hear the like that that's what Rio is about, because I always assumed it was, like, the Rio Grande River. Dance upon the Rio Grande. Like, that's what I always assumed, but I guess not. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it's that big river, right? Yeah, the big river. Yeah, well, looking at this notation, uh, the beautiful Rio Grande River separates the U.S. from Mexico. Interesting. But Duran Duran's not... Mexican. Mexican, right? <laughs> No. <laughs> I am fairly certain that they are not, in fact. Okay. But. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So they, they reference Rio possibly cheaply. Like, maybe it doesn't mean anything. And they're just like, it's another song them. that has a woman in it, but yeah. maybe it's a metaphor. We want to put I mean, in an illusion. The, that mid-2000s view of, like, cheesy 80s pop. They're like, this isn't cheesy. This is great. True. Oh, and the other thing, I think, I guess that comes up later. Uh, we talk about dancing to electropop. And Duran Duran was, I've heard them referred to as a boy band, so it's possible that they were doing this kind of derisively. Like, if we were on dance floor, they'd be playing some fucking Duran Duran or some shit. Right. And that's not you. That might be Wink, wink. 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 You can't hear that, but wink. (laughs) Wink. Yeah, that electropop line has some some shit going on, so let's get to that chorus. I bet that you look good on the dance floor. I don't know if you're looking for romance, or I don't know what you're looking for. I said, I bet you look good on the dance floor dancing to Electropop like a robot from 1984. Well, from 1984. Well, well, 1984. Uh, Yeah, so I guess based on what we said, like this is the I I see you in the street, but like I bet you look good dancing. It's it's the slightly less explicit version of like I bet those pants would look good on my floor kind of. Or like those pants look good, they'd look better on, you know. (laughs) It's like kind of a cheesy pickup line. But it's a little bit more restrained. Just a just a hair. Restrained, but they want that explosion. Yeah, a restrained explosion. Yeah, he's looking to bust. <laughs> he's finna bust. 
That's as the kids say. As the kids um, say. Yeah, so let's talk about like yeah, the the first fucking four or five four lines here, easy enough. I don't know if you're looking for romance. I bet you would look good dancing. I'm horny is the yeah. subtext. <laughs> dancing to electropop like a robot from 1984. Well, from 1984. Which, um, I mean, I'm assuming that's just the sort of music that would be in the clubs at the time. Yeah, at a base level, that seems to be it. Somebody in Genius was like, um, an electropop music sucks, so you oh, dance right. like a robot to it because it's the corporate m- media, bro. Oh, here it is. The watered-down electropop popular in the early 2000s seems like the state is trying to dumb down the masses by simply giving them something to dance to. He's, of course, trying to connect it to George Orwell's 1984. Well, yeah. from 1984. Well, yeah. well, well. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. As I mean, I, I'm not that well read, but I have read 1984. Not a lot of robots. And no. So, I mean, as far as I can tell, it's mostly just like a general sci-fi reference. And I think a reference, and this is something that's been pointed out on a few sources, including this genius annotation, is that 1984 is the name of a band fronted by John McClure, who was previously in a band with Alex Turner and is sort of like close friends with him. And that, and he apparently has a mm. like a stage routine of dancing like a weird robot. Oh, and his brother is the album art. According yeah. to this annotation. That's correct. So guy's smoking guy. Especially this early in a career, it's not surprising to see like a, a cheeky nod to, to just, sort of like some to, of your boys to, in the to scene. your mates. Yeah, his buddy. Yeah. Oh, me mates. Got got a shout on me mates on the yeah. Got a shout on me mates. He's northern. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> From Sheffield. From Sheffield. Anyway. Um, um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Is it an electro-pop band? Like, the el- uh, older band? is the, Or were they robots? Um, I just that John McClure has a robotic sort of dancing style that he would oh, do on I see. stage. I see. And so, yeah, I think this is like, like the dancing to electro-pop is, like you said, just what would be playing on a dance floor typically. Um, the, the 1984 is just a year when robots were, <laughs> were yeah. like on our minds as a collective. Yeah. It's also it's for, it, like the 1980s for like early sci-fi were like such a future point, right? Obviously 1984, mm-hmm. but like probably other examples. Yeah. It's like the year 2000. Yeah, exactly. Know? The distant and future. <laughs> you'll notice the, the, the number four rhymes with floor. It does. Ah. That's handy. So that's uh that might be the extent of like why this line is here. I don't think yeah. there's any reason to call to our minds like George Orwell's nineteen eighty four in this song. Yeah. There's some pretty there's some pretty decent rhymes in this. I forgot to point it out, but like um or did I point this out? No, this is in the in the chorus. Like I'm talking about how sand rhymes with bu bu bango. it's a slant not rhyme. Quite, not quite. <laughs> Um, basically just that the rhyming in the chorus is mostly like inside of a line. Like he says, I bet you look good on the dance floor. I don't know if you're looking for romance or, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So it's like the middle of a sentence, basically. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really finish, but yeah, well, he finishes it with four, which rhymes yeah. with or, which rhymes with floor, which then rhymes yeah. with four. It's, it's tightly rhymed. Yeah. I'll give you that. It is. And I do like the, uh, like the meter of it or the cadence, whatever you might call it. It does sound cool. You're right. Listen, and I'm I'm no robot, but we're well to the best of my knowledge. But if I were a robot, electropop would be what I dance to. Yeah, I would assume so. Don't don't really see robots dancing to folk music. 
Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you got to teach him. Um, let's talk <laughs> about verse two, though, in which he says, I wish you'd stop ignoring me because it's sending me to despair. Without a sound, yeah, you're calling me. And I don't think it's very fair. Calling. A little so entitled. is this his insistence like the person is ignoring him like please leave me alone he's like you keep sending me these vibes though yeah that's exactly he's just kind of being a creep he may be delusional that does seem to be what's happening because the whole song is going to be like she's ignoring me but she wants me so i don't know why like i don't get it like oh, she looked at me what wait oh, I, oh. Hmm. but yeah that's kind of kind of what i'm getting out of this song but also, it's just a random person on the street that he's just staring at. So, yeah, the context of their meeting, is, I mean, is crucial to, <laughs> to yeah. what the vibes are during the daytime. But he's like continually like dropping into this fantasy of them at mm-hmm. a club. I, that, that's kind of what it is, I think. Why it feels nighttime? Because even though it's set like the frame is in the day, his like fantasy of it is at night, mm-hmm. like in yeah. you know, on, on the dance floor. So. I mean, it's very generous of you to say it's framed in the day. It's <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Alex Turner said he thinks it's in the day. <laughs> but yeah, that's verse two, really. Not I don't a lot have much to, else to say to about sink your teeth in verse there. Verse two, he's mostly just yeah, complaining about it. And then we come to the, to the bridge here where he says, and no, there ain't no love, ain't. no Montagues or Capulets, just banging tunes in DJ sets and dirty dance floors and... Dreams of naughtiness. Dreams of naughtiness. <laughs> what a fucking line. Yeah. Yeah, this is just still his, like, kind of trying to be cool about it thing. You know, it's like, no love. And then, obviously, references Romeo and Juliet. He's got it. Yeah, de- a little, little Shakespearean. Yeah, Definitely the two my great favorite romances, uh, yeah. Rio by Duran Duran and Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, the only two true romances. Yeah. That's what true romance. I have seen it. I can tell you that it is not about that. <laughs> but, you know, it was Tarantino's like first work, so yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's okay it's, to miss sometimes. It's always definitely been my, my favorite line. Like, it just kind of sets up we had seen him maybe kind of in his own way trying to fall for someone again he doesn't really know just from a distance uh and here we really see that no there there isn't love it's all it's all the explosion that's what he's looking for that yeah, dynamite is, it's all about loins and banging tunes so it's the dynamite goes bang banging is also a sex word and <laughs> Yeah, he does it. say bang a couple times. Bang, 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 also bang. means good tunes. That's British slang for good. <laughs> Bringing in some more of that British slang, that UK <laughs> slang. Like that hard to decipher UK slang. Yeah. Like int. And making the eyes. Um, this is one where I also thought, and this was before looking at the lyrics, but I thought he was referencing dirty dancing for a moment, but it's just dirty dance floors. Dirty dancing. Good movie. Good movie. Uh, yeah. Dreams of naughtiness, though. Dreams of naughtiness. Awful. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> Terrible movie. But yeah, I another another. I mean, it reinforces everything. This is kind of his saying a lot of things explicitly that he was not necessarily like it's dreams. It's just thinking about it. Yeah, he's fantasizing about a 
I can't. I guess you can't, it's not romance, but it's it's the second level of reality in this complex reality. In this complex oh. reality, yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, it's, it's horny energy. Horny vibes is really the theme of this song. Yeah, yeah. That's the lyrics. And how do they how do they convey that reality to us with uh, what Alan Wilder described as one dimensional garbage tunes, uh, <laughs> a bombardment of the most unsubtle one dimensional noise. But what others might call just some good high energy rock and roll. Let's rock talk about roll, this instrumentation. What's going on here? Yeah, well, I gotta say, like songs with, that are really like speedy and have a lot of words coming at you very fast. I I I tend to eat this shit right up. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is no exception. Uh, it's just fun to listen to. It's very fast and and energetic and hectic. And I probably had another word that meant the same thing, but I forgot it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it conveys what what experience you're in for in like the first like two seconds. You get these big guitar stings with like noise in the back. This and you go okay. We're in for something, and then that lead guitar rips off, and you're like, "All right." I yeah, and that like, like it's very simple, but like it's really like as a guitar solo, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. But because he's really just like, like it's kind of the same note repeatedly, but it's still quite fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and, it and like, it's all distorted, and everything's yeah, just going. Like the drums are off, the, everything's just off. It's all off, man. It's that rhythm. Ooh. Oh yeah. A rhythm section. Yeah, that's really what does it, and like it's predominantly a rhythm song. We get after that, like the main riff is that which has got like big heavy hits on it, and just a, just a good groove to it. Yeah, it kind of settles into that after that beginning, mm-hmm. um, and then gives you some time. There's like more guitar solo. That's mm-hmm. a little more of like traditional before you actually get into the the lyrics. That's Which right. is really, I mean, the lyrics, like I said, pretty pretty speedy, but and and you you were talking about the cadence a little bit, but like, really, it's all just kind of over that chord progression on the on the fairly clean guitar. Yeah, fairly clean. Now let's talk about the snare drum. Is it too cranked? Let's, Can it be let's too think about cranked? This let's, I I feel like I get what he's saying that it could be, but I feel like it's the right amount of cranked. I think it's got to be cranked. Yeah, like, I think the song demands crank. Like, I don't think it doesn't sound like bad. No, I right? think it no. sounds good. Like, like, like Jeremy said, like the the rhythm of this is what really like holds this piece up. So, having a little bit more emphasis on that snare drum is like, hey, that's cool. Yeah, and like maybe from like a more traditional mixing perspective, it's not as strong. I don't know, but. I don't like it's it works for what it is I think yeah it's, it's the, the same thing with like Alan Wilder's criticism he's like oh it's one dimensional noise he's like comparing complaining about compression and stuff but I'm like that's also what this song is supposed to be it's about yeah. a dude being super horny it's supposed to keep punching you in like the same spot continuously and yeah and it does it does it does even like like getting into the pre-chorus coming with those backup vocals they're just kind of like yeah. shouted, really. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's all and it all just comes at you so fast too. Yeah, you yeah, don't even time you to like have time to form it. an opinion. There you go. I didn't even notice the 
the bag of vocals at first. Oh yeah, yeah. They really just kind of do punctuate those uh, lines very nicely, just to give that extra oomph, explosion. You're dynamite. Yeah, it's uh, and yeah, the style they delivered in is good. I we we won't really be talking about any slow versions of this song. But can you imagine having to break that down to like an acoustic and be like, hey, you're dynamite. <laughs> Someone else. I'm sure there's some out there. There were a lot there of There has to be. There's gotta be. I might have just got bored when I was listening to it. But yeah, those backing <laughs> vocals are so critical that I couldn't even read out the lyrics for this without you two singing along to it. Like they were they're instantly <laughs> That's catchy. True. Yeah, that's true. That did happen. Yeah. Yeah. And they feel important. Yeah. Or I like part of the lyrics, you know? And they also rhyme. That's right. Speaking of rhyming, they do that, and yeah. it's good. <laughs> rhyming is important. Um, there's another guitar solo, sort of. It's, like, short. I don't even know if you call it a solo, necessarily. I'm Where's that at? Like, 105? Okay. I called it a solo, but I'm gonna... After the but- chorus... Oh yeah, it's like a mm. solo slash bridge. Like yeah. you get the the verse riff coming back. That na, 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 na. did we talk yeah, about the chorus? The next part. Did we? Um, no. <laughs> uh, we talked about the pre-chorus a bunch. We did. Um, the chorus is kind of what you would expect from the song. It's everything's yeah. a bit louder, more explosive. Yeah, the bass you, gets a cool little groove going mm, on. You really get the guitars really come out to so get that like heavier rhythm in there. You get some of the distortion in, but it's very guitar driven. Mm-hmm. And it continues to be. Um, Hell yeah. Oh, oh they yeah, also, they, the-, the other thing the chorus does is it, it switches the drums a bit. So, like, the first half of the chorus is really just hammering the snare. So maybe yeah. that's where the cranking was too much for them. Oh, it was too cranked. Um, but in, then in the back half, it kind of changes the changes up a bit. Just like, boom, ba, ba, da, ba, 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 kind of thing. So it's just basically too similar yeah the other thing that changes up at that halfway point is you get uh some like harmonies or backing vocals joining the the main vocal melody there that's true mm-hmm. and they sing along do they so yeah there's a, a good sense of build in the chorus itself as long as as well as the build to it if you can imagine that i cannot okay Please allow me. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, that's all I got for that. No, I'm, I, that's, I, I lied. I'm sorry. Alex, you son of a bitch. I panicked. Um, but uh, what else can I tell you about these? This, th- that's where they, then, then they do the guitar thing. That's maybe a solo. Yeah, maybe guitar not. solo, um, guitar bridge. And I think the verses are very similar. They sound I like the same to, to me. And then it's kind of like the same thing. Uh, like, actually... If you listen to the second pre-chorus, though, uh, mm-hmm. they add there's a new guitar oh. in kind of the right ear. Um, I don't know if that'll work on the setup I have. Let me just. Oh yeah, it's like a. Yeah, this is kind of just doing the downward pattern, but it's a little, a little slinkier. Just adds that extra layer to it. It just plays a bit and then stops. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's the one. Um, in terms of elements, that's another one. And then I guess the other big thing is, well, in that chorus afterwards, 
It's kind of like louder, I think. You know? Yeah. And, and we, notably, the vocals go real hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, like, the, the chorus breaks into that bridge, which is just kind of like extra chorus <laughs> instrumentally. Like, it's not. Yes, the bridge does. Wildly fe- different bridges. Like, the chord time. progression is different. A mm-hmm. bit. But yeah, it doesn't feel like insanely different. And it's, I mean, in terms of construction, it's between choruses, middle eight. Mm-hmm. I think, technically. I remember watching that interview with uh, The Darkness when they were like, Americans never talk about the middle eight. They said it in a British accent, though. They said Americans never talk about middle eight. So, hang on, let's, is that your British accent? Let's hear it <laughs> one more time. Uh, Americans never talk about <laughs> the middle eight. Uh, that's that's very southern though, um, <laughs> and, and 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 yeah, I don't know. I just remember watching that interview. That's all. So you're trying to you trying to change that? Or you, you're I mean you're not. You're yeah, not I'm trying to spread the information. Like no, guys, it's the middle eight. If more it's not a bridge, American it's between bands. two choruses. It doesn't yeah. lead anywhere. If they cared more about the middle eight, then that would change everything. Yeah, America would be um, a better place for everyone. Yeah, I don't know why, don't know why America. The middle eight takes place from after the bridge there to the next course. Is that your middle eight? No, it's it is the bridge. It is the bridge. Yeah. Because mm. mm. it's like a bit of a switch up. Anyway, I think technically, because I think a bridge has to can't be between like a course and another course. Yeah, I guess, but isn't the the bridge a different? Because the, the bridge goes then to the intro segment again. That yeah, that's true. They do repeat the intro, maybe. Maybe. Did you count the bars? Is it eight bars? It's like seven. Weird. See, the thing about a middle eight, Alex, <laughs> you got the middle part right. It's in the middle of something. The eight. <sighs> so eight and seven, two different numbers, eight Alex. Come on. Uh, it's just rounded down. Yeah, I might be off by one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, counting is hard. But after that middle seven to eight yeah. bars. We do go back to the intro, just for a bit, though. Yeah, and then we go to your your like biggest chorus. We get the just vocals at the start there, and then yeah. instruments jump in to come up for the rest of it. And this is where we got our backup vocals in full force. Oh yeah, this is our like punk rock pub chorus. Yeah, buddy, just who can shouting. resist that? Man, it's got that. It's got that dirt. It's got that grungy, dirty, garage rock feel. It's got that. Brings it all together. It's got the dreams of naughtiness. Oh, yeah, it <laughs> It's does. got dreams of naughtiness on it for sure. Yeah. No, and yeah, it's a... Uh, and then they kind of slow it down right at the end, but that's it. That's it, yeah. It's pretty classic garage rock. It's uh, It's got some of that timeless appeal. You could show this to some old guy. He'd be Wait like, a minute. Oh, yeah, this is classic. That siren's rock. not on the track. That's coming from your that's, side. Yeah, buddy. You thought it was in the track? I was the like, I don't part. remember this. <laughs> It's the police showing up to break up the underground I don't know, <laughs> concert club That's, club, yeah, club thing club. club club event. Yeah, that's the song. That's the song. That Bella. is the song. Let's talk about the video that accompanies this song. Is there, um, do you mean is it like the performance? It's That's Alex, I, I got to tell you this and this is so this is where, you know, the darkness would probably tell you something like 
oh, a lot of, and this is my British accent, of course, a lot of people in America, they don't care about the old English program called the old Grey Whistle Test from the 70s and 80s. And we don't understand why that is. But if you're a British band and you care about a program in England called the old Grey Whistle Test from the 70s and 80s, um, it was kind of like a fixture of music. So popular artists would go on there and on their fucking soundstage and play a song. So for this music video, what you just call it a basic performance is actually a weird tribute to the old Grey Whistle Test Huh. <laughs> when he says, says that seems hard to don't believe the hype. Yes, that's what he says. That is what he says. Was that an American accent? I thought they were British. The hype. Yeah, it's it's very southwestern British, like very oh very southwestern. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. So he says, don't believe the hype, and then they play music. They do. <laughs> that is, like that's yeah. like, so apparently like the things you should look for. And I had I looked at some other old gray whistle test stuff, and so apparently they got the same cameras they used to shoot the original show, or like the cool. same model. So this is not top of the pops. This is not top of the pops. It sounds the like top of the pops. Test. Very similar. You'd be remiss for getting them mixed up. <laughs> yeah, Alex. Way that would be, be that would be a huge mistake. Uh, anyway, okay, so this is a tribute to an old British TV show from the... They're, they were, they're very British, aren't they? They're very British. Extremely British. In it. <laughs> In, I mean, they also <laughs> look exactly like a middle school band. They do. At this point, they were very, like, jeans and t-shirts and, like, kind of messy hair. Yeah. It's, it's weird seeing, like, some newer performances because they're, yeah. they, like, totally cleaned up visually. But this They're all is- in, like suits and even like alex turner has this like 50s pompadour thing going on pompadour or just like slick back Mm kind of greased up hair now oh yeah that'd be a pompadour that's how he looked when i saw him he had that kind of more again that cleaner look it was around that am kind of again that cleaning up their cleaning up their act a little bit yeah about time (laughs) monkeys I mean, you can't just take a famous band, The Monkees, and throw a different word in there. That's <laughs> what are we it's doing, like, guys? What if, what if you just made a band called The Marvelous Pretenders? Yeah. Seem cheap. It would seem cheap. Um, it also seemed cheap was this video, but I guess it's a very good tribute to, <laughs> to yeah, a TV show. Yeah, great whistle test. Again, it, it looks exactly like any other video I've seen kind of from earlier eras that are from the actual thing that it is tributing. So they, they did it. Have you seen old gray whistle test? <laughs> I don't believe specifically okay, those, like, but that kind of, yeah, you see like, like the, right? the really like prominent bloom on all the lighting. Yeah. That you kind of get from the, I assume like videotape recording as opposed to like film. So like digital or like film. Yeah. yeah. Like analog. Yeah. Or it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like really, rather than looking at the performers, you're looking for more subtle details, like grain of footage, (laughs) the bloom on lights. So yeah, very novel, but don't get the reference. Yeah, it's uh, it's lost on me, you, and all these Americans who don't know what a middle eight is. (laughs) What I do know is that we got a bunch of covers to talk about. We do, and we're we're gonna fucking do that. Let's. No more.
Yeah, this is like this is the dance cover. Yeah. Now her real name's Belle Erskine. She's a singer and songwriter from Bromley, UK. Bromley. Um. Now, have either of you played the the PlayStation Five title Astro's Playroom? No, no, I uh, am, yeah, not lucky enough to have won the lottery on that one, unfortunately. Okay, not part of the cultural elite like myself. No. Um, so, no. I have played it, and this the intro at the very least, where it has a voice coming in that says "Electro Pop 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 Pop," sounds like it could be from the game Astro's Playroom, which has a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah, and it's like it's very like vocoded sound. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the electropop that a robot might dance to. That's exactly what it like sounds it like. Uh, I mean, this this version really like leans into that. Absolutely. That electro. Oh yeah, this one's all reference. about electropop and standard rhythm synth and some electronic drum rolls. Yeah, and it kind of like it's fast, but not like in the same way. It's actually slower. I yes. guess like there's like kind of fast in the <laughs> rhythm side sometimes, but it does slow it down. Yeah, I guess you can kind of dance more casually to it. Just like sort of sway a bit, bounce. I assume. it's. And what I wasn't sure about was like, is this the electropop that would have been... Like, because this is contemporary. This is like 2006. So is this throwback electropop? Or is this contemporary just dance music? I think you have to just take it at face value, because... Because this is what you would have heard in 2006. I actually, I have no idea. I, yeah. b- I believe so. More than 1984, I'll tell you that much. Again, not around for that <laughs> quite yet. But uh, yeah, it's from from the days of having little bits of music on an iPod, uh, not even an iPod, a small MP3 player I got from my sister, who at the time did enjoy this kind of dance music. It sounds about right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. That's a good point of reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can tell this one's slower because you can hear the words more clearly in this version. Yes, and uh, mm-hmm. they have time to say bang. A few Hell times. yeah. Instead of bang, 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 bang. It is true that, like, in the original, until, you know, we sat down to do this. There were definitely some lines that I had the lyrics wrong in my head. <laughs> Did not realize. Just yeah, that, yeah. Ha- that seems to happen a lot. Once yeah. you look up the lyrics, like oh wow, it was a reference to like philosophy. I thought he <laughs> like, said huh. dances in the sand, yeah. or whatever. I don't or whatever, know. Whatever, whatever happens yeah, to be. No. But no, I think it's, it's hard to divorce your understanding of the song from your misinterpretation of the lyrics. Yeah, you oh. try to kind of fit it into. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, that's it couldn't be anything else. It still makes sense though, right? Guess your like pins and string on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um What else goes on? I mean, yeah, it really it's a lot of like standard dancey music stuff with the synthesizers, with the like little like electronic drum fills, and then later on it brings in the like ratchety sounds where it just triggers a bunch of, of the drums oh and there's also when is this it's there's a breakdown section like right between the um i, I guess it's more of a bridge in this one and the final chorus um that has the like like my sharona stuff going on in there. oh yeah 
boom, 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 boom. Yeah, but like overall, yeah, it's very much like we put the we put the boots and cats in. We got four. They're on the floor, and you're dancing, and we're gonna shout things. The the vocals are gonna be a little bit more like, I guess, straightforward like dance music. You know, sometimes like it's not as maybe emotive. But not robotic. And it's just mostly yeah. built out of like synth arpeggios. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah, and it's and, and like good on them for doing like at least a little bridge, something different in there. Um this is yeah. of course a pretty simple song. Like the original song is pretty simple. So what we often find with these is that people lose their fucking mind trying to come <laughs> up with something different. Something different. Yeah, this kinda like just fitted into a different archetype was it was it fun was it like a good throwback to old music that you heard in 2007 it was it was very very good to to listen to and uh, i'm sure we'll get to it later but i really enjoyed oh, i was this gesturing version. towards jeremy i should have said jeremy what are your thoughts on oh it's, I, mean, yeah, I guess for the the listeners that might be good i uh, yeah I, I pieced it together and i used to be in, in person fun in my life alex <laughs> uh and it's gonna stay that way good um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah Jeremy, was it, it fun? <laughs> it was fun. It is fun. And it definitely, like like, like you guys are saying, it, it fits the kind of simple nature of the lyrics. does really fit into this where you're not there to to think. You're here to yeah. dance. Especially because it kind of, it explicitly talks about the dance floor. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, oh, this is the dance floor. It fits. This is the electro pop. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, was, I found it fun. Kind of silly. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a throwback, so I thought maybe it was kind of supposed to be... I wasn't sure if it was, like, sincere or kind of jokingly old school. Sounds no, like it was sincere. I think it's pretty so, straight, because yeah. we're talking 2006. This song shot to the top of the charts in, like, at the end of 2005. So, and then the album went on to become a huge deal. So yeah. this is, And this is a UK artist. So this is a, a, perhaps a more cynical take, but probably done straight to be like, if we play... I bet you look good on the dance floor. On the dance floor, people are going to lose their They're shit. They're going to dance on the floor. And they won't we'll care if it's dirty dance. never forget the name Belle floor. Lawrence. Now, they've forgotten the name Belle Lawrence, but her cover remains. <laughs> yeah, I would say that one. my one thing I would want more from this is that vocoder voice off the top. Yeah, this was maybe early. Like, people weren't as into vocoder. Although, that said... That said, we're kind of post Daft Punk. We are kind of post Daft Punk, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but we're just pre like harder, better, faster, stronger. Or, yeah, yeah. I guess I suppose Alan. I don't know. We, we should know. We talked about harder, better, faster, stronger we, on here. We did, but what I don't know is like yeah, everything's different in the UK. So they'd be like, "Yeah, we did that back in the eighties," and we're like, <laughs> 20 years ago? We're just doing it now." Yeah, on UK time, it's hard to tell exactly uh, for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the only I, thing I, they, I, that I, we're contemporary on is like neoliberalism. What and what a great thing to be contemporaries <laughs> on. Um, neoliberalism, Bell Lawrence. Uh, yeah, simple version and. Sometimes I rag on electro pop for being too simple, but this one I think is within the rights to be simple, and it tries a couple of tricks within that yeah. simplicity. It works fine. Wasn't Anything else boring. to say before we talk about probably the most boring cover of the, this week? <laughs> no. Let's move. <laughs> no more. All right, let's talk about the dancing vamp. I know what you for on I don't know what you're 
Did either of you find anything on these people? Not really. I, I mean, there's another band called The Vamps, it seems, so it was hard yes. to find them. Um, they tried to do the Arctic Monkeys yeah. technique, and it didn't work out as yeah. well. Yeah, I don't. I didn't notice when The Vamps were from. And this is this is like all they have is like this Arctic Monkeys tribute. Yeah, it seems that they are a Arctic Monkeys tribute band. Just really liking this album. Um, I'm assuming this is early on. They didn't have that much material out but, yet, right? Yeah, they chose. They. I, I'm assuming their name either from uh, like dancing shoes, and I bet you look good on the dance floor. And then, um, oh, it's perhaps vampires is a bit strong, as I believe the the name of the other song. Uh, another great Probably. song off the album. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, it's. I'm assuming that's where they got their name because. They're the dancing vamps. Seems to be the only thing they do. That seems to be it. Okay, so I wasn't sure if it was vamps like vampires or vamps like improvisational piano playing. (laughs) Honestly, at this point, couldn't tell you (laughs) where where exactly. (laughs) Given given the content of this song, I don't think there's a ton of piano playing going on, or a ton of improv for that matter. True. Yeah, this is like a really straight cover, but as you may notice from the the tie the album this is on that i put at least on the on the playlist they are an emo band yeah that emo didn't really come through to me and i think that's because the the vocal performance on this is not over the top enough for me i suppose it is they do have like the nasally thing going on that emo kind of inherited from like pop punk yeah Mm. but when i I guess when i think of emo i think of like i want to say good charlotte and my chemical romance I think that's a good. I think My Chemical Romance is definitely a good place to a good touch point. That's like one of the big point. ones. If someone said, "Hey, what's a what's an emo band?" That's what I'd say first. But I'm sure there's earlier stuff. But they like really punched lines in their in their performances. They put a lot of you might call it emotion into their emo rock. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it sounds crazy, but they, it's it's and that I don't get that from this version. It's just a guy who is a bit nasally doing a karaoke version of this yeah yeah but very very similar maybe a little cleaner at times in terms of the like guitar tone it it just feels like slightly scrappier i think not necessarily more appealing though yeah, yeah. Just so less i think going of scrappy i think of some appeal though this okay just so maybe cheaper. scrappy's wrong yeah cheaper yeah <laughs> like scraps as opposed to the scrappy <laughs> yeah. underdog yeah exactly um like table spread yeah and the drums are a lot thinner around the whole thing is a mm-hmm. lot thinner yeah yeah it's... this version makes you appreciate the original which on you know on face value you're like that's ah, probably pretty easy to make but then these guys are like oh we can't do it you're like, mm, maybe it's not that easy <laughs> like, oh. like oh they did very good originally it turns out they they have more than we thought turns out yeah, yeah. I would like to to have this version played for former Depeche Mode member Alan Wilder, <laughs> and then see what he thinks. He's like, he'll say it's. I probably just hate them both. I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah, I, I I don't know much about Depeche Mode or Alan Wilder as a man besides this 2008 column where he pissed and moaned about modern music. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd he be curious to see like his take. Old man. Um. Anything? Is there anything interesting in this version? It's pretty much, it's just a little bit dumbed down version of the original. I know at the beginning, 
Uh, th- I, when I first started listening through these, I just put them on ran- on shuffle, wanted to just get the general feel. And until they started singing, like that first intro bit, they it's pretty bang on. They really do uh, hammer home very similar to the Arctic Monkeys. They bring the thunder. But until when he started singing, it's like, oh, wait, that's not the original. And it just kind of stayed like that throughout the rest of the song. It's, yep, this isn't the original. Yeah, I'd say that's the the fairest analysis of it. They do a pretty good imitation, uh, like tone and stuff aside. But yeah, when it comes to those vocals, that's when you really go like, hang on a second. This isn't the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, they don't. The vamps. They don't bring the the same level of Alex Turner horniness that we've come to expect from this song. Yeah, I need some raw, you know, bruv horniness on this. (laughs) Bruv, some 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 utter chav horniness, (laughs) randiness, as the UK slang would be. Um, let's talk about Baby Charles. How's that for a transition? Baby Charles, two thousand. They're kind of like a throwback style group as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I said it as well. They're kind of like a throwback style group. Um, I, I read one Pitchfork article that compared them to uh, 1970s music from New Orleans. Uh, but they are I also British. I saw that. Um, apparently Deep Funk yes. is their genre. A, huh. a real subgenre. Yeah. I don't know Which much is known about for being it. more soulful, raw, grittier, and heavier than regular funk. Heavy. Than shallow funk, as it's been known. <laughs> shallow <laughs> funk. I like that. Um, Which is, I also liked the instruments on this. I thought this was a pretty good instrumental version. That's yeah. it also has vocals, but instrumentally is I think where it shines. Yeah, lots of saxophone, uh, lots of kind of different feelings. So like they change up the rhythm, and there's like an organ. And it really, I mean, we've talked about this a lot in the past, but they really do the, like, settle into a groove thing. Yeah. And then kind of let that happen. But then the vocals come in, and they kind of, they go pretty hard, too. The vocals are very expressive in this one. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure I agree with you, Alex. No? I mean, or they, they, I don't know, they really chew up the words, at least. Uh, yeah, I think they definitely want to be cool. It has the vibe of, like, a, uh, like a, what beat poet reading yeah kind of like <laughs> something like that yeah she really she does like stuff yeah, i don't even know what those things the, are called she's not coming in flat you're right that's yeah. that's fair yeah over the top i would say someone okay. i don't know okay. i just thought in it some was, ways she's doing a lot of st- it does help I it thought- stand out i think a little bit compared to like the original it's it's got it's unique uniqueness to it yeah it, def- yeah. it definitely has a, a delivery it makes a choice it's just I'm, yeah. Maybe your name is real, but I'm, yeah. I'm missing some of that 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 randiness I, I don't believe that this woman is horny I don't believe baby Charles is horny <laughs> she's just I don't know yeah I, I honestly don't know what to say about that <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's just my hang up that's uh, just my problem. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
they add in, they really get into some of the like spicier chords because there's really, there is like a, like a jazz uh, background here mm-hmm. and, and funk. Um, so oh, like yeah. the horn section really gets into some, some neat chords later on in the song, in the later choruses in particular. Um, and then there's like an instrumental section too, which is fun where it like cuts down yeah. to drums and then a bunch of drums actually, like you get some hand drumming and some cowbell and stuff. And then like some more saxophone. So good, good sax, good sax in this one. Yeah. Good sax. Good sa- saxy solos. Uh, Jeremy, you big funk fan? Uh, yeah, as we, we, you know, talking, you guys talking about jazz, funk, or as I like to call it, junk. I'm a big junk fan. Like them both. Big junk fan. Get that. Who's not a fan of big junk? Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, so how does this compare? You're, you're a funk expert. Give us the breakdown here. Did you know there was such a thing as deep funk? I would not have ever known that it was called deep funk, but... You know, it seems like there's always genres that I've never heard of where it's like, oh, that's, oh, sorry, that's not uh, garage rock. That is like dirty, stanky rock or whatever dirty it stanky. is. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Subgenreization. Post dirty yeah. stanky. Oh, of course. Post dirty stanky is, is very different from uh, all of the kind of, uh, even postmodern dirty stanky. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it this was also a very a very good version. I like that it did try to do some little bit of different things. I think especially compared to that last uh cover that we had that was, you know, pretty straight up, pretty at face mm-hmm. value. This got a little bit more of that. Ooh. Yeah, and we talked before about how important the rhythm is to the original. This is just a different rhythm that's mm-hmm. also fairly strong. Yeah. And that they kind of commit to. Yeah, I would say we tend to notice that in funk versions, or at least some of the previous versions we talked about of funk covers, where it, like their sense of groove is particularly strong, and that really comes through in this. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And although we noted the drums on the original, like the percussive element on this in particular is is rich. Like you said, Alex, there's, yeah. a, there's lots a of drums, drums, hand drums. Mm-hmm. There's I'd like maybe castanets on this. I said, but I could be wrong. Uh, cowbell. It's it's just very like, rich. You know, I like it when when um, like a kit drum they have those like teeny tiny little symbols. You can get really small ones that are like a couple oh, inches yeah. across, and then ding. you can get an entire smaller drum kit that just attaches <laughs> on your drum kit. That's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always nice to hear the different kind of percussive voices that you get in these kind of genres. Yeah, so that's I would say that's where this one really shines. I would say the vocals are, um, you know, indicative of the genre, if nothing else. She does a good performance. I'm missing a little bit of that that desperate horniness, though. Just a touch of that. I just need that. It's de- you definitely get you know with a kind of differently. I guess in this case, gendered voice. Uh, you get a different horniness. It gets that the, it's the flip side of the horniness. Ah, this may be a more confident horniness. Confident horny. <laughs> the new normal. Is it just hornsy? Hornsy. hornsy. Is hey, horns in this there's version. horns on this. <laughs> Alex. Uh, I think that means it's time to talk about the next one. <laughs> and that is Patrick and Eugene in 2008. I don't know if you're looking for romance or I don't know what you're looking for 
Now, this is an English music duo consisting of Patrick Dawes, who's also known as the percussionist for Groove Armada. And then we have Eugene Bazotis, who's the bass player for the Trudy. Trudy. And we talked about these guys way back for uh, Can't Get You Out of My Head. That's right. Can't Get It Out of My Head? No, I can't get you, you, out, get you out, out of my head. head. Yeah, yeah. I just can't get you out of my head. <laughs> I think we'd like them on that song. Uh, how do we all feel about this version here? Um, it's it's very stripped down. I'll tell you that. Yeah. As yeah, for I mean, you... as for appraisal, it's a good question. There are time. I liked parts of it better than other parts. I think there's a lot of different things going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, kind of changing up that. You know, the rhythmic element that we talked about as being so... That driving force of the energy, obviously, kind of completely different here. Mm-hmm. It's more plodding. <laughs> it really it's, it's slows really it down. It's yeah. those, those two notes. It's like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It's where, if, if, if we're talking about junk still, this is, you know, emphasizing the J rather than the... Ain't no unk, more J. More J than unk. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird that I hadn't thought. Of, I was like so focused on like trying to figure out what was going on in this song. I wasn't like, but do I, am I enjoying it? Um, they, like the aesthetic of, of just the album artwork and then the video along with it really seems to be pushing like this psychedelic thing. Yeah, and, tell me more about that. And I <laughs> didn't <laughs> pick up that much of the like psychedelic feeling. No, it's it's so it. It, different. I mean, it doesn't have the like backwards guitars and stuff. Yeah. Now you yeah, definitely it doesn't come across in the actual like musical elements yeah. at all. But it's more like how would I say it? I mean, because it's the two of them kind of. You know, it's all stripped down and like the way they sing it, the harmonies are very nice. And I kind of like how they say electro-pop. Electro-pop. Um, and it... I, what I would say about this one, uh, the cadence was interesting. I can't think of a comparison, but like the way they tell it sounds more like a story. The way they say the words. Yeah. And I would say that there's uh like like yeah, it, like, there's a bit of a sleazy element. Yeah, like sleazy nightclub kind sleaze. of like, That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, and it's not like it's not spoken word, but it's kind of it's a it's a different sort of cadence than what you'd get from a lot of singing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think spoken word is a very good kind of. Yeah, but it's, it's again, very, very rooted in, like, a particular rhythm. Stripped down. And and they do kind of, I talk, I joked earlier about low energy singing lines like Dynamite. That's kind of what happens on this. That's true. They do. They do strip it down. Is this the one that combines all the lines? Yeah. The back of vocals, like, they just make it all one line. They don't do, like, the back of vocal thing. Yeah. Like, the shoulders are frozen cold as the night is all just one line. And so is the next one. They do sound effects. There's an explosion on dynamite. There's, there's a, like a door creaking at one point. Yeah. Yeah, some explosions and... There's some robot blue. Right at the end, it gets all, like, robot bloopy. 
Yeah, these guys are weird because they're not a comedy duo, but they're there's something that's like not straight. Yeah, about well, their music. I heard they were sort of supposed to be comedic, but this isn't really overly comedic. Yeah, it's a bit confusing, um, but a bit amusing. Amusing. Yeah, it's. It feels like. <laughs> I don't. It feels like they want to do this. It feels like they're they're. This is just kind of their style. It's maybe not so much that they're comedic, so much as they're just weird. Yeah, they might just be a bunch of weirdos doing whatever. But, but, uh, but I, yeah, I think it read for interesting. me. I think we tr- we it's translate that high energy horniness into sleaziness, which is uh, you know the the weird uncle of horniness. And that's uh, that's. That's, it seems to play along those lines to me. Where, uh, yeah, yeah. We, weird uncle is definitely <laughs> very apt with sleaziness. <laughs> Sleaze, and a bit with the psychedelic imagery as well, because that's sometimes your weird uncle is the guy who's into into that scene. Yeah, he's got all like the weird stuff, paintings on the wall and wacky colors yeah. and from the seven sixties, seventies, whatever. A random organ and then like a saxophone in his house. And you're like, do you play music? He's like, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> no, never played music in my life. I don't even know how those got here. <laughs> okay, Uncle. Well, I noodle. <laughs> <laughs> a classic answer. Now, classic. Uh, let's talk about a video. this music video. There's a video. Briefly. Um, yeah, I, of course, it watched like it a lot beforehand. Of, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm kind of uh, a job. It's, it's a lot of seemingly, like, random stuff. Um, other than, like, there's a lot of pictures of various types of dancers that's right. I, I don't know what they're all called. There's one. There's like some women with fans, and there's like a chorus line. There's sometimes a pole dancer. It's all oh, it's all animated. Uh, yes. All in like bright, bright primary and secondary colors. Um, you know, and lots of like repetition, kind of that like pop art thing where there's a lot of mm-hmm. everything that's on the screen. There's like twelve of. Yeah, it looks like you could have made this in uh, like some kind of 1990s animation program. <laughs> yeah, it's very basic. It's like like rotating a whole section of a thing and like the mouth is like two frames of animation for the mouths and stuff. Yeah. Like that kind of, this is where we get that psychedelic. So, yeah. This feeling. psychedelic comes in all the like skin yeah. is like cyan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Dancers. There's dancers, there's robots, there's... Carnival dancers, and then there's, like, various vaguely, I guess, like, Hindu symbolism? That kind of ties in with the, like, the Beatles psychedelia stuff. Yeah, Yeah, you get a lot of those sort of, like, it looks like a promotion poster for the Love Guru. Yeah. uh, Starring Mike (laughs) Myers. The psychedelic revolution there. (laughs) Yeah, later on, they bring in, they have some guy, like, dressed up as, like, Shakespearean actors, so, like, References to the lyrics, but a lot of, like, just random stuff. They'll show, like, yeah, like, x-rays, like, like organs, like, bodies with organs overlaid, or, like, bones. Like, there's a Venus de Milo at one point with bones, I think, just bones? Yeah, she's, yeah, just, she's just bones. So, there's eyes with legs. It's, uh, we got a picture, of course, of a robot in 1984. Yeah, so, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, fairly literal Mm-hmm. And then there's just like a bunch of extra stuff for like I guess visual. Maybe there's something more there. I don't know. It's fun. Uh, 
kind of yeah like it definitely tries to pull in a lot of that kind of like psychedelic busy kaleidoscopic kind of (laughs) like visuals yeah it's both like a weird fit for this version of the song, but also a perfect fit for their their whole vibe. I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's an odd, odd thing. Oh, the whole that, thing is Alex. Odd. How's that recording looking? We still doing good? Still looking good. Okay. Looking. You know what else is looking good? The I, Anton Dubik, I guess he's a dancer. I bet that you look good on the dance floor. I don't know if you're looking for romance or I don't know what you're looking for. I bet that you look good on the dance floor, dancing to electro pop. That's what I see. Yeah, he's a British ballroom and Latin dancer. A singer just this one time, really. Yeah, he does some singing. Maybe he'll do singing again, but he started kind of late in life. But he was known as a dancer associated with Strictly Come Dancing, which is a British, basically the British version of Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. They call it Strictly for short. (laughs) What a funny name to be like their big dance. Like Dancing with the Stars is so like, oh, glamorous. Yeah, Strictly Come Dancing. Strictly Come Dancing. (laughs) Yeah, it's a... It's an interesting name. An it interesting is. Name. Whenever and I think of a fun show, I like to think of the word strict. Strict. That's always the first one that comes up. Uh, the UK. Uh, Ugh. Any, Ugh. So, yeah. So he's known as more of like a dancer, ballroom dancer in particular. And this kind of fits in with that vibe. It's like a fast big band song. Mm-hmm. So you got the like jazz side of it, but kind of the big band jazz. Yeah. He's like clearly a like a Sinatra fan and like other acts of like the 50s era 40s 50s era and yeah it's the kind of stuff you might get from even like a richard cheese uh yes style yeah big band stuff but this I, i'm just like i'm still hung up on because like the internet was not clear on why <laughs> he, he did an album it's just very right. it's like he fucking danced like for he, 30 years he and just like, kind of wanted i'll to. do a cover album <laughs> like he knew enough people yeah. that he could do it basically yeah buddy but his just, just called him up big enough and... in the uk <laughs> yeah huh. people know him i guess yeah. i don't know and that that would be my my first criticism of this is that and you bring up richard cheese and there are other artists who do such a, a incredible delivery of that style of vocal performance Whereas this guy, I think there's quite a bit of uh, processing on his voice, and I think he is not. I think he, you know, he's a, it's a karaoke version of what a, a Sinatra should, should sound like. Yeah, I think there's a few things. I mean, it's another one we've said this before, but it seems like he's got some good people behind him. You know? Oh yeah, he's got the clout to like mm-hmm. get the good saxophone players, right? Um, and I think part of it also he seems to be using like an older microphone, maybe like a. Like, I have that AM microphone that I'm trying to point at, but I don't see it right now. Oh, there it is. Um, oh, yeah, I see it. Mm, yeah, oh. it's right over there. See it? Yeah, it's in the corner. Um, that, like, you use with harmonica and stuff. Which, that's yeah, I what I was it's thinking. It's, with. I don't it's know if it's just that, technique. though. I don't know. I think the other thing is, and I, 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 I accused uh, the dancing vamps of the same thing, you need more emotional punch in here. We need to borrow a little more from musical theater in our vocal performance. Yeah, this one definitely feels like we talked about the dance version before, but this is kind of another dance version, just very different. Yeah. Right? Like, this is just what you'd hear on, like, a dancing show. Yeah. Right? 
And he's got the, you know, deeper voice, old school kind of sound that it, it fits. Yeah, it like it should work. And like he has all the all the stuff. He's got the horns. The horns do the, the horn builds and they do their mm-hmm. horns things. You know, all that. Yeah, horn. a, the horns are horny. Bombastic backing track here. Yeah, Absolutely. so like it's it's all there. But then dull thud. Nah, it's not that. It's still <laughs> there's still plenty of good here for sure. But yeah, it's yeah. yeah. But yeah, different style. Different style. And I think the big thing he does. I don't know why this stuck out to me. At the end of his course, is he really holds the four in 1984. 1984. Oh, the horns go crazy. You got to give him room to play, room to to dance, do their horny dance. Damn. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I didn't have like too much negative to say about this one. Honestly, I'm sorry uh, if that's um, I don't know. Do you have anything positive to say? I don't know. It's more, it's it is kind of what it is. To say, Ox, this yeah. isn't a negativity. Show. It is kind of what it is. I'm I'm hurt that you're accusing me of this. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, s- sorry, Jake. I'm not here to shit on <laughs> popular <laughs> UK idol Anton Debecky. Because I feel like I want to, but I don't know why. Um, because I think it's. I, f- I feel like he's. I don't know. You know. Maybe I just have bad instincts. Sometimes. I just feel like he's not uh, doing it right. That's it. That's the end of my yeah. sentence. Yeah, I guess that's like I can't judge this style all that well he might well, be doing it te- he might be doing a terrible Com- job i don't know if <laughs> Com- i would notice compare it to similar covers that we've heard in this style i mean we've been doing this for three years alex we've heard quite a few True. covers like this. i guess i, I would may- say compared to those ones there's not much interesting going on it's mm-hmm. fun it's a fun style because you don't hear it that often yeah It'd be fun to dance to um especially like bum 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 you know that kind of rhythm uh, yeah. But other than that, doesn't have that much going on. Yeah, yeah, like that, and that's a good old school interpretation of that. That, but like, riff but the, yeah, like the arrange the arrangements pretty decent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What it is, it, you know, it's got all of the beats to make it really good. But yeah, it's it's exactly what it came here to be. It is that style, that genre cover of i bet you look good on the dance floor that is it's to me it didn't feel like there was anything that made it stand out to be that unique like with this kind of style you see a lot of the like postmodern jukebox e-esque you know just shifting into different genres bringing it kind of into that older style and they're good they're really fun to listen to fun to you know interact with but yeah <laughs> That's um, it. Yeah, we'll have to agree to disagree on postmodern jukebox <laughs> there, but <laughs> um, good, I would say good. if we're looking for an example of somebody who does sort of exciting versions in this style, um, and she doesn't always do the best versions, but Liza Minnelli consistently, you know, at least tries to hit home runs and like pumps things for like definitely goes all out. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's and what like, you have to constantly do. Constantly sounds like she's running everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I feel like this one is lacking is that Liza Minnelli fucking juice. Yeah, this one lacks the juice. I agree. It, mm. it needs the juice. I don't know. I've been using the term juice a lot recently to describe energy and and positive things. Juicing, baby. Juicing. Not always a good thing. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that are not always good and still aren't good in this <laughs> scenario, Aquapella in 2019. Aquapella. Bang, 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 bang,
They are, um, they're an acapella group. Oh, yeah. In, in case um, that wasn't obvious from the name, um, they're, they're from Bath, Bath University, yes. and, um, apparently national champions, but actually I looked at their website a little closer. It didn't say national acapella champions. The A was actually like a, a lamp, capital Lambda. So like an upside down V. So it was Lambda Capella. Hmm. Ooh, is that like their own field that they made so they could be champions? <laughs> Maybe. It might. I think it's just the name of the like. It's like the JD tur- Power the tournament or whatever. Probably. Nationals. They yeah. passed regionals. They're the champions of, nationals. of the JD Power Award. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes um, yeah. They also apparently dance. If I read that. I couldn't find a video of this one. Was there one? No, I couldn't find a video of it. But well, they claim on their website that they also invest deeply in their choreography. I mean, yeah. there's enough of that. Well, I think they all do choreography. It's not necessarily like dancing per se, but they're like moving around the stage, you know? I'm... <laughs> I guess. I, I just can't like, imagine being like, we really know where to put ourselves on stage. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're going to write about that on our site. You know, I've I've watched the first two Pitch Perfect movies. You know, they they I move guess, around. They do dance. They do some. What? Well, yeah. it's, it's dancing in a, in it his is. own form and fashion. So, sometimes it's breaking onto a boat and fighting a guy in a kitchen. Sometimes it's dancing. Sometimes it's dancing. It's all choreography, baby. Hey, that's probably not maybe true. might be. Um, um, this one is not all choreography though, but it is no. for your girlfriend. So yes, it is. It, watch it's, out. It's uh, uh, their 2013, the, rather, the Arctic Monkeys 2013 um, Co- Coachella? No. Not co- the other one. What's the other? Gla- Glastonbury? Glastonbury. I'm going to pull Glastonfest. up the video. Burrytown. Um, Glastonpalooza. Glastonbury 2013. He says that line. He says, oh. this one's for your girlfriend. <laughs> Ladies! So they're quoting that. Okay. Ladies. 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 And um, yeah, that's that is a reference. So they just drop a, a, a quick a quick ref. Um and then yeah, get right into the right into the, the singy vocal stuff that is all of acapella music. That's what acapella is. It's singy vocal stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of for these guys, because I think they do have a guy like doing drums, but then I think there's also True. actual drums in the mix. It's always so hard to tell because you can change a voice digitally so much. Yeah, and we've right? talked about this before. Does that defeat the purpose of acapella? It kind of seems to. I was trying to think of this one like, what if if all the voices were synthesizers? What would I think of it? Okay. Right. And because like in that frame, what's what's your conclusion? I thought it was kind of interesting actually. So there's a few things they do that are kind of cool. That I think I, I would I would like raise an eyebrow too, like oh yeah, if it was just some randos with synthesizers. Um, mm. There's a few things. Um, let me just real quick find the note on it, particularly later on. Like there's a later on verse and chorus where they kind of change who's singing, and they the person like doesn't go super hard like. 
in the original, you know, it's really pushing it, really punching a lot of energy. They kind of slow it down. No, not slow it down, but like reel it in a bit. And then mm-hmm. and then they bring it down during the course. The course isn't really that super big, hectic thing, which to me at least sounded almost like it was just more like a modern pop adaptation. Had more of that like chill feeling. And then they get back into like kicking it when they bring in their like first guy who can like belt a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then they both sing. Mm. That's a cappella, baby. Yeah. <laughs> So other than that, like, as acapella goes, they have a ton of, like, harmonies and stuff. That's yeah. what you'd expect. It's a lot, but it's a lot of, like, ooh, wah, ooh, kind of, kind of. Yeah, some papadas, some da 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 And, like, in the beginning, they sort of imitate the guitar, but not quite, because the guitar is maybe a bit fast. like, oh, listen, I did it. They don't do that. Um, it's it's a little more like spread out. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, you uh, an acapella? Uh, I've I've dabbled, but it's it's something that's more of a, a it's not a passion of mine by any means. Acapella it's all right. Much. Yeah. Uh, well, how does this rank? What do you what do you think on a, on a scale of one to pentatonics? Where are we at? I'll say that I've I've heard a lot worse. This one was not yeah, it was not too that. bad, you know. It, it, for acapella, I think there was a little bit more interesting, and there was good harmonizing that they they were doing there, which I, that's the key for any acapella group. That's the acapella. Thing. Yeah, that's the whole thing is yeah, bringing in those great harmonies, and I thought they did. I guess you know now that I think about it, harmony is important to all music. Well, I shouldn't say all music. Most Western music. Yeah, I was going to get you there. Um, you did some yes. so like, world music I learning. You need lots of people to make chords because you can only do one sound at a time. It would seem that way. Um, uh, yeah, this one, honestly, not the worst. I still question processing an acapella. It seems to defeat. But I guess, you know what? Nothing static. Things must evolve. So even acapella must, you know, bring in synthesizers and True. machines of it. The other, the other thing, I, I know I mentioned before that if they're singing, if the pace is hectic and there's a lot of words coming at me that i eat that shit up but i think i forgot to mention um this was in reference to the original um Mm -hmm. having a british accent is like a also a good factor for me for some reason uh and they kind of have it in this one so that probably contributed to it okay okay interesting like like Uh, when you first lent me a frank turner cd back in the day and i was like i don't know who this guy is but i'll listen to it and then I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize he was British. And then I was on board immediately. <laughs> oh, that'll look. <laughs> Blacking in and out. Known that's all touch. Flat in East uh, London. Yeah, they are British. I'll give you that, Alex. And it is dynamic. There's a lot of shit going on here, which is more than can be said for some of the versions we've talked about today. It's true. It's true. It's true. They did switch some stuff and, up, but it's not always obvious because it's just people going like, doo doo ba ba da da wa yeah, which I guess itself is a fundamental difference. That didn't happen in the original, right? That's true. <laughs> Anything else before we get into our final verdicts? I think that's a resounding no. <clears throat> I think that covers it. I think that covers it. That covers it. Covers me. All right. We got our final verdicts coming up here. Worst version, best version, and horniest version. Jeremy, you are our guest. Tell us first, what is the worst version? For me, the one... I- Worst, I, the one that I liked the least yeah. uh, was, I would say, the Patrick and Eugene. Um, 
there's just that there's certain to me like i was talking about to me an arctic monkey song to me that kind of feel has that driving energy and the other versions i found did carry that through they had that kind of energy but it just this one still good but didn't quite have that for me so it just yeah didn't quite click definitely me. it takes a lot of wind out of the sail yeah it slows yeah yeah Reels it that is back. a key Absolutely. element of this song too is that driving energy so you remove that you got to offer up something of equal or greater value and i don't know if they've done that uh alex yeah uh i mean my least favorite maybe this is predictable um but i never said i didn't want to be predictable so uh, the dancing vamps. There's just not much going on. Like it's really just kind of a lesser version of the original. And yeah, truly. Who like are the dancing vamps? It's what, a good like technical do? demo. Yeah, they, I mean they did a decent job of covering it, but uh, maybe they went on to greater things. But I don't know even who's in this band. Like <laughs> exactly right. I know they did a cover in 2006, and then did a whole cover album and were never heard from again as far as i know yeah so it yeah wasn't was not interesting to listen to no i uh, i agree with you and as much as i i think there's some valid criticisms for patrick and eugene i think the dancing vamps is the worst because on this show we you know we favor the brave and and just doing note for note the original is not something we've ever rewarded here so yeah dancing <laughs> vamps is the worst nope. jeremy what is the best version of this to me the best was actually the bell lawrence version i bell did really lawrence. like that kind of uh throwback the electro pop style contemporary yeah. dance electric electronic music thing it's always been something that i've enjoyed in my own way and getting to see that here it it and it really brought the energy that I love from the original. But a fairly different energy. But a very different energy. So it had that very unique element, it, but it, it was very reminiscent. So it, yeah, it, uh, that was the one I really liked. You know, I've li- I listened to Bass Hunter back in the day, some Dota, that kind of feeling. It's always got me. <laughs> right on. I think it's an easy fit, too. I bet you look out on the dance floor, make it a dance track. Easy. Mm-hmm. Hard to lose. There's logic there. There is. There is logic there. Alex, what's your logic on this one? Or, what's my logic on this one? Or your emotion on this? Tell us how your heart feels. How does my Let's heart feel? Heart, Alex. Um, I, I really liked the, the Baby Charles version. Yeah. Uh, it made it feel a lot different. A um, little groovier in a cool way. Always like that saxophone. I know I was saying I eat that shit up when it's fast and hectic, and this one kind of slowed it down, but I still eat that shit up. Just eat a lot of shit up. <laughs> Eat a lot of shit. That's true. Uh, You've shown a softness for even scary pockets who are garbage funk. So uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I've got an appetite for funk, Alex. Yeah, that might be true. But I enjoyed this version uh, for feeling feeling a little. I don't know. A little has an organ in it, and also saxophone. <laughs> a little has an organ in it. Yeah, I think you two have sussed out the best versions here. And since I agreed with Alex on the worst version, I'm going to go with Jeremy for the best. Bell Lawrence. You know what? Good dance vibes. It's a, it keeps the energy. It's danceable. And you go, hey, I would look good on the dance floor because I'm dancing to it right now. What a hit. Uh, Jeremy, what's the horniest version? <sighs> the horniest version? Yeah. Man. <laughs> we were talking about sleaze. We were talking about bringing it. But 
I think that the is it the Anton de de, de Becky de Beek that version. Yeah. Uh, there's something that I don't know. My mind just uh, correlates that kind of like style, that swing, that speed, everything to very kind of fast-paced horniness. Horny I guess so. Like if you watch the dances on Dancing with the Stars, yeah. you kind of get that. You're like, whoa, oh. People close yeah, together. Yeah, people close together. Tight dresses because they can't be big and flowing for the dancing kind of thing. You know. Well, yeah, that's how trip on it. You don't want to trip that on that era of music too. That's like when you that's know right. sexuality was a little more repressed. So it was the dance floor where you were getting out. So a track like that is historically horny. It's a place you could be yourself. Bring bring the horn. Alex, which one brings the I horn for you? Um, I'm gonna. Uh, for similar sleazy reasons, I'm gonna go with Patrick and Eugene because, like you were saying, there's a lot of that like sleaze going on in that one, and uh, that's where I feel it the most. Ooh, he said. Yeah, it makes you tugging his collar. Horniness. Yeah, <laughs> draws it out. Yeah, bathes you in it. Um, I'm gonna take mm. it in a different direction. It's gotta be Aquapella. Not only do they make their intentions clear right at the start, they're university but, students. Yeah, but you got 20 <laughs> university students in a group. <laughs> That's about as horny as it gets. Yes, there's statistical probabilities for horny for hornitude, horniness in <laughs> to a, a, an umph degree. And the most like likely to be repressed, even more than a '50s style dance room floor, like university students from the UK who do acapella, yeah, who are in an acapella group. <laughs> Fair. That's our final verdicts. You got a different opinion, a similar opinion. Want to you know tell us something? Talk to us about a version we didn't talk about. Hit us up on Twitter hashtag CoverMePod at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise Guy. Tell us your comments, questions, concerns. You can email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us the same shit there. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends about us. We don't have a marketing budget. Jeremy, do you have anything to promote? I got nothing. I am just in the wind. Just in the wind. Um, Yes, listen to the wind. You might hear Jeremy there. (laughs) (laughs) And what a treat that would be. Another treat we've got is a bonus segment today. What? Because we got a guest. How exciting. Um, Of course, it's a a quiz show today titled Brothers or Just Coworkers. Um, I have collected a series of bands here, and you have to tell me whether there are brothers in that band or whether they are not related. Okay. And then if there are brothers, if you can name the brothers, you get bonus points. That is the... uh, Time to rack the old brain. (laughs) Rack the old brain. So coming up, coming in hot, we got the first one here. ACDC. Brothers, just co-workers. I'm going to say co-workers. I also also think co-workers for that one. I'm like, I don't know all the band members' names. I don't remember a shared... I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go up. I'm going to say brothers. You're going I'm brothers? Say brothers. You think they're brothers. Australian brothers? Right there. They're Australian. Okay. Yeah. Double checking that. Uh, them Australian okay. brothers down on that. Okay. So we but got Jeremy for coworkers, Alex yep. for brothers. Yeah. The answer is brothers. Brothers. Is it, is, it the young, is it young brothers? Is it Angus Young and brother? And yeah, who's the other brother? I don't know his name. Uh, I'm going to um, say um, Alex. No, so it's Angus and Malcolm Young. How oh. about that? You're you're on the board with one point, Alex. Yeah. Uh, okay. but things have just begun. We're gonna talk next. The next band is the Kinks. 
the Kinks, famous UK band. I'm, I'm gonna say Coworkers for the Kinks. I'm also on Coworkers. <laughs> I'm also on Coworkers. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know the Kinks. Listen, I do know you, Ray Davies. Do you want Davis? Kinks Between Brothers? Uh, <laughs> that, that's you know that's true, and this is a tricky one, Alex and and Jeremy. But they are actually brothers, Ray oh, Davies geez. and Dave Davies. Dave Davies is a bit of an unfortunate name. Dave that Davies. is a bit of an unfortunate <laughs> name. So we're still at one to zero for Alex. Okay. The next group right. up is Tears for Fears. Oh my God, famous duo. Famous duo. Two dudes. Two dudes. I'm I'm aiming coworkers. I'm still on that on coworkers, coworkers end. Coworkers is the one. So We're locking it in with coworkers. Pretty sure I've seen sure? their last names and they're different. Unless there's mm-hmm. more band members to think about, in which case, case. could have sworn it was just two guys. I've Oopsies. I've seen their face pretty prominently. They sound uh, very similar. Yeah, but I think they, they unless they're fraternal or something. I don't know. All right, so that is Tears for Fears. Just coworkers. Uh, Jeremy, you're up on the board now. One point. Alex, you're at two points. Congratulations. Oof. No relations there. Um, coming up next, we got Sparks. The band Sparks. What? Do they have a song I know? Um, maybe, maybe not. They most recently had an Edgar Wright documentary about them. <laughs> huh. They're kind of a, a little lesser known. Yeah, I don't know them. But they are a duo. They're two dudes, and one of them has a little Hitler kind of mustache. Okay. Oh, well, the mustache. Um, hmm. Brothers. Co-workers. All right, you locking that in? Yep. Yep. Okay, Jeremy, you're up to two points. They are oh, brothers. Oh, brothers. That is Ron and brothers. Russell Nails. Nail. Okay. I, I right. told you that. You were supposed to guess that, but I figured you probably weren't going to know those <laughs> names. No, that's uh, You'd be right good about bet. that. Good, this is a good bet. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good bet. All right, we're two for two. It's a dead heat as we move into the next one, The Black Keys. Co-workers. co-workers. I think they're co-workers. So that's two of you for co-workers? Is that yeah. the yep. final answers? All yep. right. They are co-workers. Yeah, if I had gotten that wrong, I would have yeah. felt really bad. I don't know. <laughs> Next, we have Daft Punk. Brothers or co-workers? Co-workers. Co-workers. Co-workers, yeah. Co-workers. Okay. Easy ones, easy ones. Yeah, yep. Easy. So you're both up to four points here now. Okay. Ooh. Next, we have Devo. band behind whip it and other hits thinking how many devites there are devotees devotees uh i'm i'm gonna guess brothers on this i'll i'll go co-workers this time i'm thinking co-workers okay alex well you fucked up it's uh Ah, it's brothers i'll tell you this two sets of brothers two sets of brothers that's too many brothers i think that cancels out I think that's, <laughs> I think that's for uh, me. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to take a crack at what these oh, brothers' names might not be? Not even a little bit. Is I Mark Mothers uh, is that he? Uh, Alex, I'll let you know this. You got one. You're not getting any points. You got one, one of, of the, the brothers. four brothers. I, I just know one of the guys in Devo. <laughs> you got one of the two of the two sets of brothers. Twenty five percent. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm out on there. Fair enough. So the brothers' names are Mark and Bob, Mother's Ba, and then Bob and Gerald Caselli. Cas- <laughs> Double Bobs. Double Bobs. <laughs> what, are the, <laughs> what are the odds? Okay, uh, so Jeremy, you've taken the lead five to four. Oh, see if I can clinch The it. next one, Outcast. Co-workers. Co-workers. 
easy. All right, I should I should have done more work on the coworkers. Apparently, uh, yes. I mean, I mean, I mean, their last names are clearly different. Boy in three thousand, <laughs> yes. right? So of course, of course, <laughs> my baby don't mess around because she loves me so. And this, I know for sure. This I know for sure. Hey, that's fair. Now we're coming into the final one. Alex, you have a chance to tie it up. <sighs> Radiohead. Brothers or co-workers? Radiohead. Co-brothers. <laughs> co-workers. I think I'm going to go brothers. Just see what happens. We got co-workers. We got brothers. Okay. The final answer is Radiohead. Brothers. We got brothers there. Oh. Jeremy, you got a point. Do you want to guess at the brothers? He always bet on brothers. Here I am. A lot of brothers. I'm going to high-five my brother. There we go. Nice. So you've taken the lead, Jeremy, so there's no point in getting the extra points here, but it's Colin and Johnny Greenwood. 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 <laughs> Greenwood. Yeah, not yeah. yours. Tom, yours yeah, doesn't no, no, have no. a... Just familiar some relations. other members of the band that I only know one member of. I was hoping I could pull out... Well, I mean, obviously you didn't go with Van Halen, so maybe that's more obvious. <laughs> yeah, that was... Mm. And I had the uh, the Allman Brothers band on at one point. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna uh, go coworkers. Three, three brothers, I think. Oh, I think it's just two: Dwayne brothers? and Greg. Oh, I thought there was a third one. Maybe Gerald. I don't know, but they, it was just those two that came up. I was like looking up lists of duos and things. Hmm. Uh, but that's our bonus segment, Jeremy. You are the, I guess, the better brother. <laughs> oh. I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh. I think uh, you'll have I to think, go to our I parents be, for that one. <laughs> well, you let them know what happened here today. And <laughs> I'll put one up on the long opinion. chalkboard we have at their house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that does it for the bonus segment. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on again. Hey, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute delight. Um, again, be sure to listen in the wind for Jeremy's voice and potential guidance. You might just hear something you like. And that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, stop making the cover me. I'll stop making the cover you.